Welcome to the Wealth Doc Podcast with Mike Heckman from Sabo Point Wealth Management. In this podcast, Mike helps business owners, medical professionals, and retirees develop strategies to help preserve, protect, and pass on their wealth. Using practical strategies, Mike acts as your lighthouse keeper to guide your path of converting business assets into retirement income and inheritance funding. We don't like that shipwrecked feeling of not having enough, and you shouldn't either. Join Mike and get ready to explore the tools you need to manage your business efficiently, build its value, and have fun doing it. Now, on to the show. Hello, and welcome to the Wealth Doc Podcast with your host, Mike Heckman. I'm Wendy McConnell. Hi there, Mike. How are you feeling today? Oh, today's great. It's my favorite time of year where the weather's almost as hot as the coffee. <laughs> I like it hot too. I think that we stand alone. There are not many people that like the heat. Yeah. I, I was just talking to somebody today and he said that the air conditioning, he has to stand in front of it during this time of year. And I'm like, well, at least you picked the right state because we don't get this very often in Michigan. Right. Exactly. <laughs> I, I love it. Bring it on. I love the dog days of summer. So uh, we are it's simpatico when it comes to that. Excellent. Uh, so we're going to talk a little bit today about the reason that you work with some of the people that you do. So you predominantly help business owners. And why is it that you decided that this was the demographic that you wanted to go after? Yeah, that, that's a great question. So why I help business owners, I think, is mostly a two-prong reason. Uh, one is I watched my grandpa growing up as a business owner. And then uh, the second reason is as I got into the uh, investment and wealth management, financial planning, a lot of business owners were my natural first clients, you know, and so watching their experiences gave me a lot of insight on the need on the help that they needed. And then I, I looked at like some of my own previous experiences before I was a financial advisor and was able to derive good input, not only from my formal education, but uh, the experiences that I had from my previous work lives. So when did you start working? Did you work when you were in high school or did you wait until you were done? Yeah, I worked uh, in high school. I, I worked in uh, fast food at, at one of the local places. And then uh, uh, that was my first two years. And then uh, and then I, I didn't go to college right away after high school. So I had about three years of, of work between uh, high school and college. Okay. So what type of work were you doing then? Yeah. So kind of goes back. I, I've talked about before that uh, why I do this a lot is is uh, because of like what happened when my dad died when when I was 19. But uh, before that, my dad uh, was a really almost like genius electronics guy. And uh, so he uh, uh, worked at a electronics place uh, here local. And then when he went to Grand Rapids after my mom and dad were divorced, uh, he ended up going into the manufacturing industry where, where uh, he ended up doing like a quality assurance engineering and then uh, ended up uh, setting up a computer network for a, a factory like in the Grand Rapids area. And then one of my first uh, jobs out of high school was I started working uh, quality assurance at the factory that my dad uh, worked at. Okay. So, uh, so I followed him down and uh, started working with him. And then so my first job out of high school was doing 
quality assurance for a manufacturing facility where uh, you learn the statistics and then you do a lot of parts measurements and and uh, coming up with that, the data to show that the parts that you're making were in specification and got to learn a lot about the manufacturing process in general, you know, from that experience. You had to make sure everything was right. Yeah, absolutely. And if <laughs> and if it's not on spec, does it at least work? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, so how long did you do that for? Well, well, you know, so so I did that for about two years and a lot of stuff happened like in that time period. So my dad went from uh, being like a quality assurance manager to he went and worked for another place that did quality assurance auditing. So he he left the factory and uh, ended up going to auditing. So I didn't have a, a dad to lean on, you know, so much anymore. Okay. And then they changed their SPC or their statistical process control software. And a lot of the uh, people that uh, were working the production lines were having a hard time, you know, figuring out how the software worked. And I was a little bit of a computer nerd, you know, even though I hadn't gone to school yet. And so I, uh, created uh, a work instructions for off screenshots and this kind of stuff to kind of help the guys working around me. And uh, that ended up being picked up and ended up getting distributed out throughout the whole factory. And they ended up promoting me from uh, quality assurance into uh, running the computer system that my dad created, ironically enough. Oh, wow. So then they sent me to Microsoft and Novell training, you know, to to like learn uh, computer networking. And then so I started to get my foot wet in the, the computer realm is how that happened. Another well, I, one of those accidental blessings that seems to be prevalent in my life. <laughs> yeah, it seems like probably especially at that time, it was like that was the career of the future. And here you were oh. killing it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So so it's like uh, I got a lot of flack for not going to college right away. And then so I'm running a computer network as a 20 year old kid while a lot of my classmates uh, were barely halfway through college, you know, yeah. so. So I would like to say, you know, that you you turned that into this amazing, successful, affluent career. But we know that's not what happened, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that's exactly right. I, I did everything I could almost to convince him to kick me out. I I, I didn't have any formal education yet. So like I, I had this idea of what a computer guy should be. And and I think I think a lot of them wanted me to show up in polo shirts and shirt and tie and, you know, get underneath their desks. And I uh, would often come on in like khaki shorts and a pinky in the brain t-shirt and that kind of stuff. And and that didn't go very well. That. Yeah. And then, uh, and then uh, this was in the nineties and uh, the year two, the year 2000, like the Y2K bug, oh, you know, yeah. it was, everybody was so scared of that, you know? And, and so I set up like uh, these little uh, test networks to, you know, say, Hey, here's what's going to happen to our software, you know, when, when the Y2K and I, I couldn't find a problem. I couldn't find a problem. And so I reported that. And uh, some of the engineering managers and those things are like, I don't feel like Mike's doing enough about the Y2K problem. And uh, so when Y2K, as we all know now, didn't end up being nearly as big of a deal as we thought it was at the time, I wasn't mature enough to be gracious about that yet. So uh -huh. I, yeah, I uh, was kind of telling, I told you so to guys that uh, had a lot more uh, experience in education than I did. And, and uh, I could have handled that a lot better. And I found myself unemployed from the, from the uh, IT industry shortly thereafter. Oh no. Okay. So what was next for you then? <laughs> 
Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I, I, as a 20 year old kid now went from a, a living large to uh, unemployed. So I, I went down to the unemployment office and then, and then uh, ended up cashing my first unemployment check. And that just felt like rotten. So I uh, went through the want ads and I was a certified network administrator, CNA. But if you look in the want ads, as some of you may know, there are other kinds of CNAs that are a very different job. That's also certified nurses aid, as I find uh, out, you know, okay. so, so, so uh, uh, helping old guys with their diapers is very different than the skill set that I had, you know, as far as like making computers talk to each other and sharing internet connections. So uh ended up taking a part-time job at, at, at one of the fast food places, you know, down the road, you know, cause I had done that a little bit in high school, just thinking, you know, that, Hey, I'll make a little extra money while I'm figuring out my next computer job. And then I ended up getting promoted twice in about six months. And so I was a uh, second in charge of that restaurant. And then the, my boss there ended up bringing me to switch roles there. And I ended up with a district job at another fast food chain down there in, in Grand Rapids. So I was a uh, part of a team that would go fix problem stores. So I got to go from a uh, manufacturing to a uh, food service uh, leadership it was yeah. what I ended up doing. So, so I got a real strong feel for those systems, you know, as well. And then, so uh, from there, then I, uh, decided that, well, my dad died. And then, and then uh, one of my last promises to him was that I would get an education. So I uh, ended up uh, resigning my post there and then uh, uh, working at a ISP and, you know, more of like the local Scottville area. And then uh, started my school for software engineering. Okay. So what were you doing then at the time? So this was something that was important to your dad that you get a college education yeah, that, that was like one of the last things he asked me to do before before he died, you know, so he sat me down in his office and he and he's like, what are you doing? I'm like, I, I'm like, uh, I, I'm living large, you know, I'm, I'm doing this. And, uh, you know, and, and he, he's like, Mike, you're too smart not to get educated. Just please for me, you know, get educated. And okay. I, I'm like, I, I'm like, I'm good, dad. But thanks, you know, and then and then after uh, he died. I'm like, I'm like, yeah, you know, just kind of felt like something I had to do then, you know, just yeah. uh, for a lot of reasons, but a big part of, of uh, keeping my promise to him. Yeah. So you're a full-time student now. Are you mm -hmm. doing anything to try and support yourself or make some cash? Yeah. So I, I ended up getting with a local uh, IT consulting place that our customers were a couple of local manufacturers. And then so, so we got to set up computers in the factories again. And then we had some schools and uh, some libraries, you know, so I got to learn how uh, uh, some nonprofits work too, you know, so I got okay. to, I got to be involved with that. And then, so uh, my job was driving around fixing computers for, for those, for those types of things, you know, and that was just perfect. Cause I'd get like these work orders. And then whenever I wanted to do it was a lot of overnights, you know, so like from 10 PM to 2 AM, I I'd be fixing computers and go, uh, sleep until my afternoon classes and repeat, you know? And so sound uh, like a bad gig, right? Yeah. Except for I'm a people person, which I didn't know that yet, you know? And, and, and so it's like when you're spending all your time by yourself, you know, that's, that's, uh, that's no fun either. And then I uh, also started uh, teaching uh, karate out of, out of my basement too. So, you know, getting a couple bucks here and there, you know, just teaching martial arts lessons. Mike, you are all over the place. <laughs> yeah it's like all these things you know sometimes i think we're like wasted energies or not finding it but when you're helping people with uh different business types and and with with the different goals i find myself now uh gleaning different aspects out of these different experiences to help out people now so it's just yeah. it's just serendipitous you know just how that's worked out and this is how you know 
so much about what people that run their own businesses need. Oh yeah. Like, like uh, I've, I've seen as an employee factor, you know, the several different businesses. And then as a business owner, you, you know, just, I've, I've had a failed, you know, martial arts fitness business. I've had a failed it business. Then I've had a successful martial arts business and a successful financial services business. You know, just, I, I've gotten to see a lot of my own uh, mistakes and successes. And, and then I've gotten to vicariously do that for countless people professionally. So, so it's mm-hmm. been, it's been fantastic. So you finish school and, you know, you've got that degree and you're like, yes, I did it. This is mm. when I become a financial analyst. Right, Mike? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that's funny, too. Yeah. So like when I did my undergrad, I, I did it for business management with a with a minor in computer information systems is what I ended up doing. Because uh, I, I I thought I wanted to design software because that was something that I had an aptitude for a little bit. So my dream job while I was first going to college, you know, doing the software engineering was carry a laptop from beach to beach to beach, uploading code and downloading paychecks. I'm like, you know, why not do that? You know, and <laughs> that's then, amazing, <laughs> right? You know, especially now that you know, like we talked about, I love the hot weather, so I can just go where the hot weather is. You know, yes. <laughs> you know, and then yeah, you, you know, you get some family aspects going on, you know, which, which uh, changes things. And then uh, I was working at an ISP full-time at this point. I had, I had left the consulting gig, the consulting company to work for an ISP, you know, and so I was doing their server setup. And then like, if somebody called up and said they couldn't make something work, I did a lot of help desk phone support, you know, so, so I ended up getting a phone voice, you know, as far as that goes. And then, uh, and then, I was fixing computers on the side, you know, for, for a little bit of extra income. That was my failed uh, IT business. And then, uh, and then uh, one night I was up till about two or three o'clock in the morning, uh, looking for a semicolon and some C plus plus code. And I go to the bathroom and I look at myself in the mirror and I splash water on my face. And I'm like, I'm like, Oh my gosh, you know, it, it like hit me like an epiphany. It's like, I don't like any of my classes. I don't like most of my classmates. I don't like either of my jobs. You know, why, why am I working so hard to commit to the next 30 years on something I, 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 I can do, but I so don't enjoy, you know, like the, you know, the web creation, that stuff. So, so I ended up uh, dropping out of school, quitting my job. And for about two weeks, I think that's when I really mourned my dad. And then when I came back, then I went back and in, in as a business major, and this was like shortly right before the Enron stuff came out and all that other stuff, you know, and the shortly before the 9-11 stuff, you know, to kind of, you know, give, give that timing, you know, and then uh, I ended up getting a, a job off the bulletin board, you know, at, at the college, you know, for a local furniture store, you know, to learn sales. So I'm like, all right, I'm going to learn how to sell furniture because I'm now going to be a business guy instead of a computer guy, you know, so that seemed part of it. Right. And then, and then uh, I avoided finance. Like I, I took his, I took the accounting courses and as minimum finance courses as I could, because I knew that's what I didn't want to do. I, I did not want to be a finance guy. No, you know, of so, course not. So, <laughs> right. Uh, you, you know, I, I can't even believe that's, that that's real now, but uh, yeah. So, so at the time I, I uh, ended up getting a job with uh, the place I was taking martial arts lessons from. And then, so I'm, I'm uh, selling martial arts lessons, teaching martial arts, selling furniture. And then, uh, and then I uh, was working on an MBA, you know, at Ferris, so, you know, university up the road, closest one I could drive through because uh, uh, online classes weren't even really that big of a thing yet. Right. You know? So, so, uh, so, so that was what I was doing for a while. 
Yeah. So in the story, I don't remember it, you know, exactly. So I'd love for you to tell us again the story of how you ended up here. Yeah. Yeah. So, so then I ended up teaching martial arts, selling martial arts courses, uh, selling furniture, and then uh, uh, working on my MBA. And then so uh, the martial arts facility I was training at, I got a little spiff for for how many of her memberships I signed up for. So I went to a, a public fair, the the Hart Public Fair, and uh, I'm uh, sitting there uh, talking to people about the benefits of martial arts. And then across from me was a financial advisor in his booth uh, sitting there. And so I spent 40 hours watching him interact with the public. And I thought, wow, I'm listening to some of the stuff that they were saying there. And if he can do it, I felt like I could do it, you know? And then, so uh, I applied uh, for the firm that he worked for, you know, that night, you know, passed their test and ended up working. That's where I got that started. And then, uh, and then uh, I ended up dropping out of my MBA classes to, to uh, become a financial advisor and get my like series seven and 66 and life accent, you know, all that stuff that they make you get to first sit in the chair as a financial advisor. So what do you think the difference was from what you thought finance was going to be in college to what you were hearing that guy talk about for that time at the booth? Yeah, that, that's a great question. You know, the, the difference between, you know, my preconceived notions of what finance was versus what I heard at the booth. My preconceived things of finance was like what you see in the movies, you know, and I'm not going to name off the movies, but you kind of get those like the, those stockbroker in the pit, you know, trying to hash and slash their way up, you know? And, yeah. Yeah. You know, and there's so many, there's so many uh, awful business guy movies, you know, when I grew yes. up in the eighties, you know, and it's like, uh, it's like, I didn't want any business in that perceived slime. And then, and then uh, I don't know that uh, the guy that I was listening to was very articulate or had like a real strong business knowledge, which I was feeling like I was starting to get at that point. But mm -hmm. it, 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 then it wrapped it round into well, gosh, you know, so, so, so this isn't about buy, 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 sell, 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 hack, slash, hack, slash, you know, trade places with someone and make them the pant patsy. You know, it's like most of what these people are doing is talking to people and helping them get their, their stuff together, helping them get where they want to go. You know, and that's, that was like, probably if I had just sat there and listened to it for a day, I would have brushed it off. But when you're sitting there like every day for eight to nine hours a day, listening to those conversations and it's like, wow, wow. Okay. So that's what they do. All right. And I'm listening to him. And if he can do that, uh, I feel like I can do that. You know, and that's like the first time that, you know, and, and then like it resonates. It's like, okay, when, when my dad died, I had no idea what I was doing. I didn't even know who's, whose advice to take. And I'd gotten so much good advice that I didn't take. And I'd gotten bad advice that I did. And I, I handled the insurance wrong. I handled what assets to keep and sell and give back wrong. I had, there, there, there was so many monumental financial mistakes that I made for the detriment of myself and my siblings, you know, that had I had someone that was capable and cared then, like how freaking powerful would that have been? Mm -hmm. So, so not only did it seem like this was a place I could work locally and use my education, but then it gave me the app, the, the opportunity to like be the guy that I needed then, you know, for these other people, you know, and that elevated my perception of what a financial advisor was by like 15. If there's a 10 notch system, it elevated that role by about 15 notches for me. Wow. Okay. So you mentioned um, your grandfather earlier in the podcast. So what kind of influence did he have on you? Yeah. So, 
so uh, Sobble Point Wealth Management is named after the Sobble Point Lighthouse that my grandpa grew up at, you know, so so like his influence on me was was uh, tremendous. Uh, growing up, uh, he had the house next door to our house. So uh, anytime I wanted to go visit grandpa, if he wasn't at work, it was a hundred yard walk, you know, so so it was uh, I know because he, he uh, measured it out for me so I could tell find out how fast I was running you know my 100 yard <laughs> dash from my from uh from from my porch to his porch you know so it was almost exactly 100 yards and then uh, so uh the first computer I built uh he's the one who taught me how to put the pieces together and put the software in to make them work uh the fantasy novels I read uh, my first forays on that were the stuff that he passed down to me where I had my first office was about three blocks from where his uh a mechanic shop was. So when I had downtime, I'd go sit in his uh, shop and talk to him. So mm -hmm. I, I I can't state enough, like what kind of impact he had on me. When I talk and write about like what my grandpa's business was, I think one of the uh, failures that we have as a business. And one of the things I saw with my grandpa, you know, sorry, sorry, grandpa, if you're listening, uh, is that uh, you get the, uh, the, too nice of a guy factor or what I call the charity business factor, you know, where when people come in, you, you know, you, you might uh, give discounts to, to people that you didn't think could like afford the bills as much. And you start doing like a lot of work for free because it didn't take you very long, you know, and then, and then, so they make their uh, business a charity instead of like uh, making their business profitable and then giving money to the charities that they want, you know, so you're, so you're making like a little impacts in like a lot of the wrong places. And then you're, you're uh, taking your ability away somewhat to uh, make impact on your own life and family. And then, you know, possibly on the other things that you care about, you know? Mm -hmm. So, so my grandpa, uh, he went to school at uh, Michigan tech uh, for civil engineering. I didn't find out till much later that he didn't finish. He, he, he fit, he dropped out like three feet short of goal. And then he worked for a, a local company, you know, in their chemical department, you know, doing uh, experiments, you know, on some of their, on some of their, uh, I don't know what the right word is, like some of their, their chemical concoctions, I guess. And then, uh, and then him and his partner there decided that they didn't like working for other people. And then, so they decided that they uh, uh, just left abruptly one day and then they opened up their own uh, import car business, you know, so we got two engineers that are trying to run a successful car business and uh, they knew a lot about stuff, but they didn't uh, know a lot about running businesses. No, you know, and, uh, and I grew up thinking that all mechanics were engineers. It's, it's definitely a skill set, you know, but <laughs> yeah, that's really not something that go together that, that often. Uh, yeah. 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 So, uh, yeah, Barry was the big, uh, electrical engineer guy. You know, I think he went to Michigan state and grandpa was a civil engineer at uh, Michigan tech and they were kind of had this, uh, a uh, place that different characters came to, you know, to just talk and at their, at their uh, import car shop. And then you saw some of the coolest cars ever come through because people would have to travel forever to uh, get somebody to work on their foreign cars, you know, so oh, they yeah. were a Mecca for that, like, especially in the seventies and eighties. I remember that I had a foreign car in the early nineties and it was very difficult. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so, so if you were in Michigan, you probably would have ended up to their little shop in Scott okay. and got to talk to them characters. <laughs> So you got to see that he struggled a little bit with the business side of his business and you having worked in all of these many different capacities makes you a prime person to help people figure out their own business. 
Yeah. I, you know, I, I think that's definitely the goal is, is, you know, hopefully, you know, just, you know, I, I went to school for business management at first and I did my master's of science and like finance, you know, financial planning. And then I circled back, you know, for my postgraduate, you know, doing my doctor of business administration, financial management. So, you know, getting all the, uh, academic, you know, stuff with being like the certified exit planning advisor and, and, and whatever, you know, but having the, what I find myself, the advice that I give doesn't necessarily come from some academic regurgitation of something that I read in one of those books. It, it seems to be application of some of that stuff with stuff that I've seen, you know, either directly from my own business experience or vicariously like living through grandpa or vicariously living through some of the other people that I've helped, mm -hmm. you know? So, so it just kind of turns into like a, a braid of, and it surprises me of like where some of the stuff comes from. Mm -hmm. So it's a hybrid of education and experience. Yeah, there you go. I like that. <laughs> Boy, that and that's so much more succinct than the way I said it. <laughs> <laughs> well, with that, I think you were very succinct, Mike. But with uh, that, let's um, find out how people can get in touch with you if they have some more questions that they would like to ask. Yeah, so, so uh, definitely the uh, sablepointwealthmanagement.com, S-A-B-L-E, you know, pointwealthmanagement.com. And then, uh, and then, uh, for the wealth doc podcast, I've also made it. So now that wealthdoc.com uh, lands on the, uh, uh, landing page for on, on my website. So that's kind of almost a shortcut. Our phone number to the main office is 231-425-4308. Again, that's 231-425-4308. All right. Thank you so much. And thank you for joining us today. Please like follow and share this podcast with your friends until next time. I'm Wendy McConnell. Thank you for listening to the Wealth Doc Podcast with Mike Heckman. Click the follow button to be notified when new episodes become available. Have questions? Visit our website at sobblepointwealthmanagement.com or give us a call at 231-425-4308. And don't forget to click the follow button to be notified when new episodes become available. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Sobble Point Wealth Management. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning. Content here is for illustrative purposes and general information only. It is not legal, tax, or individualized financial advice, nor is it a recommendation to buy, sell, or hold any specific security or engage in any specific trading strategy. Results will vary. Past performance is no indication of future results or success. Market conditions change continuously. This commentary reflects the personal opinions, viewpoints, and analyses of Mike Heckman. It does not necessarily represent those of RFG Advisory, private client services, their clients, or their employees. This commentary should not be regarded as a description of advisory services provided by Mike Heckman or RFG Advisory or performance returns of any client. The views reflected in the commentary are subject to change at any time without notice. Securities offered by registered representatives of private client services, member FINRA SIPC. Advisory services offered by investment advisory representatives of RFG Advisory, a registered investment advisor. Private client services, Mike Heckman and RFG Advisory, are unaffiliated entities. 
advisory services are only offered to clients or prospective clients where RFG Advisory and its representatives are properly licensed or exempt from licensure. No advisory services may be rendered by RFG Advisory unless a client agreement is in place.